Welcome to your weekly Cardscast, the podcast from Cardinal Authority. I'm senior writer Michael McCammon, joined by, as always, publisher Jody Demling. And we've gotten through the off week. We're now back into game week. And it's it's Monday, but for the football program, it's Tuesday as they play this Friday night in Atlanta against Georgia Tech, looking to bounce back from two uh, kind of ugly losses, you know, and it looked like it was a humbling week last week, but the spirits were high, we're told. So, so Jody, this is a team that's trying to refocus, work out a little bit more on, on their fundamentals a little bit and, and try to go down to Atlanta and right the ship a little bit. Well, look, this is a team that I, I don't care how you look at it. Um, and, and look, Pitt, I, I don't call Pitt embarrassing, uh, but, but two moments that I know all card fans would love to forget the Pitt game and the Georgia Tech game in 2018, because that was yeah, embarrassing. Cool. And you can you can erase both of those memories a little bit this week if you go down and you play well, and you come out and you have a good uh, you have a good showing against a Georgia Tech team that beat Florida State, got smoked by UCF, which that doesn't look as uh, uh, that doesn't look as good as it did a couple weeks ago uh, <laughs> after UCF loses. Uh, uh, to Tulsa, and then loses to Syracuse, 37 to 20. They've wow. also had a week off. So um, Georgia Tech has Georgia Tech has Louisville, Clemson, and Boston College in the next three weeks. Louisville has Georgia Tech, Notre, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, and Virginia Tech. So uh, I'm sorry, in Florida State. Um, so a tough little run here for the Cards against a team that um, I think in three years we'll be talking about a team that's probably improved uh, as much as anybody in the ACC over three years. I just, I want to see more of them now. Uh, And quite honestly, I've only watched a little of them so far. I will, I will watch more this week, but um, I, I, Louisville should win this game, Michael. Yeah, I think so. You know, as you mentioned, you know, the the schedule that they've had, you know, obviously the win against Florida state seemed like an eye opener at the time. Clearly not as impressive now as it looked then. And same thing, as you mentioned, with the loss to UCF. Um, but Georgia Tech certainly is, is a program in transition. Obviously, they're they're going away from their, their their unique, you know, basically wishbone style of offense that they've been employing for years. It's now of a more traditional sense and trying to recruit the Georgia and the Atlanta area very heavily and and starting to get some you know nice returns there. But like you said, it's it's. It's going to be a process for the Yellow Jackets, and, and and when you look at you know just looking at the ACC stats, I mean it's they're not a team that uh, that you would expect Louisville's offense will have struggle moving against the moving against them, and they rank 13th in the in the league uh, in defense as far as giving up 33 points uh, per game. You know so that's favorable for a Louisville offense that's looking to kind of find its rhythm again. And then on the flip side, you know they're not putting up many points on their own, only averaging 19 points a game. So for a, for a defense that's continued, that looks like it's going to try to build off momentum, which I think they started, you know, showing some positive signs in that Pittsburgh game, especially there in the second half. This looks like a game that can help both sides of the line of scrimmage continue to feel better about themselves after dropping two straight. Yeah, no, I think I think they definitely can, and I think and and, and like I said earlier, I think they I think they will. I think it's yeah. one of those uh, it's one of those things. I, I found it interesting, and I didn't even realize the connection, but. Uh, um, Jeff Collins was the defensive coordinator when Scott Satterfield was the offensive coordinator uh, at, at FIU. So, uh, so they know each other well. Um, Jeff Collins is a guy who is very respected. Uh, the new, the Georgia Tech coach. He he came in last year, just like Scott Satterfield came here. The one interesting thing that I found, Michael, in looking for a depth chart 
for Georgia Tech. Have, have you even looked? Have you looked yet? Have you looked at it for the I have not chart? yet. Not for okay. Georgia Tech. No. Since he was first, at, this is from the Georgia Tech website. Since he was first asked about depth chart and 2D, Georgia Tech football coach Jeff Collins has insisted that he doesn't believe in them. He coaches his students, athletes to be, quote, above the line. Those who are ATL above the line are ready to play and can see game action while others work to get to that point in place of a traditional depth chart that often omits some student athletes who see game action and list others who seldom enter the game. The list that Georgia Tech releases is above the line, so they don't do a depth chart. On the offensive line, uh, they list one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven guys on the offensive line, Michael. They list <laughs> seven, eight wide receivers. They list three place kickers, two punters, two long snappers. And how about this one? I love this one. They list six kickoff return guys. So um, I, I, you got to do a depth chart. I mean, come on. I mean, it's yeah. I, I, that's one thing I just – I found it kind of weird it's when a, I was looking Sunday. Yeah, it's yeah, a little I mean, silly. Obviously, they have their own internal depth chart. I mean, you just watch their games and you know who's who, you know. But uh, yeah, obviously, Louisville's came out uh, this morning. Um, no real big changes. You know, Evan Conley still the number two, as we heard from Scott Satterfield uh, just a little bit ago, and we'll have full coverage of that at CardinalAuthority.com. You can check it out now. Um, Malik or Mikhail coming Cunningham. You know, Malik. Good back to, Malik. 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 Did I say Mikhail? Did I yeah, overcorrect myself? Yeah, you keep myself? saying Mikhail. Yeah, you, you, you corrected yourself to Scott Satterfield. I was laughing, actually. You yeah, said, I did. You I, said I Malik, that. and then you said, oh, well, Mikhail. And I was like, no, Mikhail. it's Malik. <laughs> I, you know, it's Malik. Hey, I, you know, I'm like, I'm getting confused which week it is. But, but you know, it sounds like he's back to full health, return to practice. You know, and that's certainly what you want, you know. And that was kind of what, I guess, what we were expecting, you know, from the feedback that we'd received, both, you know, from you immediately after the game as well as last week. Uh, from Scott Satterfield, so that's certainly a good point for the Cardinals uh, moving forward to have Malik Cunningham at center uh, behind center this week. Yeah, and I, and I think what we'll see, um, you know, I, I think we could see Evan if he doesn't, you know, if some things. It, it, I think he's fine, and yeah. and I think he will be fine um, moving forward. But um, you know, if he gets into the game and he and he looks like he's not the same, then I think that they would, you know, give Evan a try. Uh, you do have Puma back there as well. He has uh, uh, worked himself back in. He had some uh, some personal issues that that one week, and uh, and is back and, and all good. Um, Hawkins and Hall uh, should be fine after the week off, from what I'm told. You know, they were a, a little dinged up. Uh, Hall had a little bit of a hip, uh, a little bit of a hip issue uh, in the Miami late in the Miami game. He was just he was fine. Uh, he practiced the entire. Uh, you know, he's not missed any practice. Um, but, but they, they, those guys were a little dinged up, you know, they've been running, they've been going a lot at it and, and the offensive line, you know, we're still going to see, um, we're still going to see the six guys that, that we've seen. Um, I, I found this interesting today. Okay. And after going back and, and, and I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't watch the Pittsburgh game right after the game because I was like, uh, I, I know it was bad. It was terrible. I'm not going to really go watch it again, but I did go watch it again. Uh, late last week, and I came away. The offensive line was bad, okay, but they were not the worst part of the blocking. They were not the worst part of the blocking in on the offense to me. 
And I was glad today that I'm learning a little bit from watching these football coaches and, and, and knowing football a little bit because Scott Satterfield said what I thought to myself that day. He said it was the worst blocking that he has had since he's been here from the tight ends. And and that is exactly when I went back and watched the game again. Look, Louisville's offensive line was not good, but there have been other games when they have it, they've been, you know, not totally up to par or maybe not where they where you, you want them to be, but the tight ends have made up for that. And, and in this game, uh, Marshawn Ford and Ian Pfeiffer were uh, a couple plays were abused. I mean, they were literally just flat run over and uh, and they've got to do a better job. Those guys in, in that position have got to do a better job in moving forward. And, and I think they will. I think that was one of those games. It was just one of those weird kind of games. Uh, uh, I'm excited to, to get them back on the field and see as they move on uh, and, and, and get away from that. Yeah, we, we've talked about it in the, in the last podcast. You know, it's now that mental block you've got to get over. Hey, look, I'm, you know, that, that's not who I was. Let's get back to, to who I am. And it was great hearing both Coach Satterfield and Dwayne Ledford uh, this, uh, today uh, talk about, you know, how they were offended. You know, even the guys that didn't play were kind of offended. Hey, this is not who we are. And, and that's the mentality you want to hear. You want to hear that they're a little ticked off at themselves for such a poor performance. And, and for one, and I think that's one of the reasons why I think you'll see come out, Louisville come out and, and I think potentially dominate the line of scrimmage against Georgia tech uh, on Friday night down at uh, Bobby Dodd stadium. Um, you know, and on the flip side, you know, uh, the defense, you know, had some, they're not great, but they're, they took a step forward. Now, granted, you know, the Pittsburgh offense, isn't the Miami offense, but still they did some good things uh, in the second half and certainly something to, to step forward on, uh, you know, to, to, start feeling better about yourself, start performing a little bit better. And we'll see how much of that carries over from game three to game four. And then on, especially once you get to, to Notre Dame the following week, but you, know, you want to take a week by week. And, and it, you know, it seems like the defense is now starting to trend in the right direction. And you got really got to tip your hat to, to Dorian Etheridge and the, and the performance he's been doing this year. Yeah. And, and, and I think the defense is going to be, look, if you, and obviously you can't take away, you can't take away plays, but if you take away those three plays in Miami, um, and, and, and the one just bonehead play in the Pittsburgh game, the defense really hasn't been that 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 bad. I mean, they've they've actually improved and you can see the improvement. Um, I, I don't like the fact that against Pittsburgh, the first drive is when they gave up some some yard, you know, some yardage. I always like it when a defense comes out kind of like they did against Miami and they stuff early on and they get kind of get things going gets everybody kind of emotionally jacked up and fired up kind of thing and I thought Pitt they came out and they let Pitt kind of do some things in that first drive uh then they got pinned back and then they gave up a field goal and then they gave up another I think another field goal so it was like 13 and nothing or whatever and it just did never seem like Louisville kind of got the the mojo uh even though they were playing pretty good on on defense um so yeah I'm excited um I I think this defense I think this defense by the end of the year, when it all plays out, is going to end up being better than they were last year. I don't think yeah. there's any question to it. Uh, and I think by the end of the year, we'll see that, OK, this is this is this defense is not as bad uh, as as we thought they were. Yeah. You know, and then you brought up a, a question today um, about the newcomers. We've heard, you know, about the newcomers since the beginning of the season, how much they might be able to participate, continue to hear uh, good things from the from Satterfield about 
Jordan Watkins at wide receiver. Saw him a little bit in the Miami game, returning kicks, had one reception for, I think, for about three yards. Um, you know, so, you know, he's progressing. Also had some, you know, nice praise for uh, Josh Minkins, you know, in the, in the secondary at safeties, you know. So we'll be curious to see if we see either one of those guys uh, on Friday night as well. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, 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 I think yeah. – uh, the one here's the one here's here, here's a couple things with newcomers okay so we heard a lot we heard Dwayne Ledford told us Kobe Baines was really yeah. really good um over over the weekend um or over the last week or so that when he, when he was doing some things and he's trying to work Trevor Reed he's trying to get Trevor Reed to be that seventh guy I think Trevor Reed is is close to being that to being in that top six, so I think he's close to being to, to winning over that seven guy. If they can get that, then they can give some other guys some some more rest. And and obviously you want to play him moving forward. Here's the key. Here's the the, the key thing on Trevor Reed to remember is he was a junior college All American and he is a junior, but he's still going to be a junior next year. So no matter what happens this year, you're still going to get Trevor Reed for two years. Uh, although I did see him projected in NFL, which was blew me away an NFL mock draft in the third round, which I was like, what? Hold, hold on a second. He hasn't even played yet. So um, it was from a few weeks ago. So uh, uh, that must've been because of the backflip that he, uh, yeah, that he did. But, but I think, I think he's close. The one that I hate right now um, that, 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 that's had his struggles because of a, of, of a, of a camp injury is Luke Kandra. I thought, I thought Luke Kandra could have a chance um, to be that guy, to, to actually be playing as a true freshman. I know it's a lot to put a true freshman in uh, on the offensive line. You do not see that very often, especially from Dwayne Ledford. But I thought Luke Kander could do that, but that preseason injury, and I just think it put him behind in the, uh, behind the, the eight ball a little bit. And, uh, and I think Kobe Baines is the guy that could have, you know, could be making up for that. And, and, and he, he could be the guy um, that we see at some point uh, down, down the line. Um, Cole Bentley. Uh, I think Cole Bentley's had a great year at the center position. They asked that center to do a lot. Um, I think if you ask me right now, I would say Cole Bentley is uh, the MVP of, of the, of the offensive line. I would say to me, maybe the, uh, the second best guy has been Renato Brown. And, and quite honestly, I think the disappointment to me after watching um, has been Adonis Boone. I, I do. I know what I know why they have him at tackle. But I do think down the road when they when they get when they've got Renato Brown on the on the one side and when they get Trevor Reed up to speed, I think Adonis Boone probably moves to guard and he's better at that position. Just my gut feeling. I don't I don't coach offensive line, but uh, that's what I see. Um, and, uh, and, you know, Cam to George has just been that guy that is, uh, that, that has helped out, you know, I mean, he's been that guy that's been in there and, uh, they rotate him and they give the guys some breaks. Yeah. Pretty much a utility guy, the, the switchblade knife along the offensive line, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, and, you know, and, and this is a game, uh, Georgia tech that you hate to say it's a must win, but really it is a must win. I mean, Louisville's a favored, you know, down when they go down to Atlanta, they're the favorite team. And, and when you, you look at the experience and what both teams are back, Louisville should be the favorite team. This is a game that they should go down and win. And, and if things go well, this could be one of those games where you, maybe you do see Kobe Baines make an appearance along the offensive line, or you, you see Josh Meekins slide in and get a few more snaps and, and Levy Jenkins get even some more snaps in the secondary. Maybe, you know, Jordan Watkins get a, a few more targets, you know, on the you know, wide receiver. So, um, you know, 
trying to, don't want to get ahead of myself, but, but, but certainly this is a game. If you could drop the schedule and, and I'm not trying to give Georgia tech any chalkboard material, but if you're trying to come off of a, a, a two game losing streak and you have to play some in the ACC, Georgia Tech, you know, maybe Syracuse, who just beat Georgia Tech, would probably be who you would say, okay, give us them this week to see if we can uh, get ourselves fixed. And, you know, and yeah. they need to go down there and do that. I mean, if they struggle against Georgia Tech, then then you start to really worry about the rest of the year. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and I think, you know, when you go back, we were talking about the newcomers, just to throw that there. I mean, Jordan Watkins has seen a lot of time. He just had, you know, he's a, he's in a spot where he's not going to get the targets a lot because you've got other guys that are getting targets um, yeah. when even when he's out there, um, you know, he's been out there with, uh, you know, with Tutu and Dez. He's been out there with Braden Smith. Um, you know, he's been out there with other guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think he's a guy that uh, uh, quite honestly, he's the newcomer that's playing the most right now. Um, there, there's a lot of guys playing a lot on special teams, uh, but he's the newcomer that's playing the most right now. And I, I think they would like to get some more guys. Uh, you know, reps and they, they need to get some more guys reps. And, and I think they will uh, not just the new guys, but some of those red shirt guys, uh, you know, Jalen Mitchell and, and, uh, and, and Aiden Robbins. I mean, those guys need reps um, to, to, to get out there and improve. And uh, uh, they, they just, they, they got to get them reps. You know, Joshua Black's a, a perfect example. Um, you'd hate for something to happen to Cole Bentley down the road and Joshua Black not have, a rep in a game at center before you put him in there. They're very confident with what he can do at the center position, but you don't want that first rep to be, uh, you know, to be that, that game when it's like, Oh, Hey, Oh yeah, you got to go in. Like it's the second quarter and you got to, you, you have to go in. So, uh, so they need to do that. So I'm looking forward to it. We'll have a complete coverage all week. It should be a fun time. Uh, uh, uh Friday night. I like Friday night games. Um, Louisville's been very successful in Friday night games, and uh, and it will be an interesting one this week um, with Georgia Tech. Louisville started out a five-point favorite. I looked this morning, and it was uh, six. Um, and, uh, and so, I, I, you know, Louisville trending in the right direction in that way. I think they'll pick up a, a win a win this week. They did not get um, – they made some offers last week, but they did not get a chance to – to do as much recruiting as you normally would in, in, in an open week. And Scott Satterfield mentioned that they didn't get a chance to go out Friday night to games because it's illegal to do that. Um, so you can't uh, actually Scott Satterfield did because he went to uh, his son Isaac's game, Christian Academy game uh, on, on senior night. So he could do that. At least he got to see uh, a, a game out there this weekend, but uh, it's really put, it's a, it's, it's put a, it's put a damper on recruiting. Um, I, I know, I know recruits are, are disappointed. The coaches can't be there and, and can't show them that kind of love. And I know that the coaches are disappointed because they need that. They need to, they need to get out yeah. there and, uh, and, and see guys in person. I mean, you're talking about guys in no joke here. Okay. You're talking about a, a couple of recruits more than a couple, but I just know of a couple um, that, you know, are six, one, you know, 190 and, and, or they say they're 6'2", 210, and they're really, you know, 5'11", 165. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. It, it's hard to tell height and weight on a video. And when you don't see guys, you don't really know uh, the real height and weight. And that's where I know people have, have said before, well, what's his real height and what's his real weight and that kind of thing. It, it, that's, that's the most difficult thing about recruiting and running a recruiting website 
because the kids don't have to the, the kids don't have to tell you the right thing. You know what I mean? Like I was always I was always six foot one seventy five, Michael, and and I'm five eleven, and yeah. I, I was probably a little heftier than one seventy five. You know what I mean? But uh, that's just the way uh, that's just the way it is uh, with that, and it's hard. It, it it's hard to do. Um, it, it, it it's it's very difficult to um to recruit when you don't when you can't see kids in person yeah i mean th- this past week this off week i mean they would have been out you know on friday they would, they would have scattered across the region you know going and looking at the at kids both you know prospects as well as commitments and and as you pointed out i mean this is an opportunity lost for for a lot of these kids especially the ones that that haven't surfaced on the recruiting radar you know, websites, you know, like 247 Sports yet. It doesn't, it takes away really their chance to, to shine a little bit more. Um, you know, and it's, it's, while it's obviously impacting the coaches, it's also impacting, you know, guys that work for a network like such as ours because some states are limiting, you know, how many can attend, if any can attend games. So it's, it makes it really difficult. And as you said, a lot of it's being done more on video right now. And, and we're, we're all accustomed to how people kind of fudge their heights, especially, you know, I mean, how many times have we seen a Louisville basketball player shrink, you know, once he gets to the NBA? So, um, you know, that's that's the the unfortunate reality that they have to deal with right now. And, you know, there's a lot of guesstimating going on, you know, and you're having to take people offering suggestions on who to look at. But when you can't get out and put your own eyeballs on them, for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. So they've done a good job. They they did do some offers and uh, and we will. uh, we will continue to follow them up. I'm actually going to do this week. I'm going to try to pull off the uh, uh, 10 guys to watch for uh, for recruiting in, in offense and defense in 2022 and uh, uh, really nothing going on in 21 right now. They're just kind of biding their time and waiting. And quite honestly, if, if I had to if I had to say this, I think the 21 guys, they would be very happy with the 21 they have now if they could sign those guys in December. They got a couple guys out there that they're really, you know, that they're that they're still kind of uh, after, as as we have told, you know, if we as we have talked about. Um, if you look at the targets page on our uh, on the website at the top, and you pull down targets, it's pretty wild that there are right now listed only 24 targets because there's three, there's 21 commitments and three guys that they're really recruiting right now in the class. Armand Bethea, the the offensive lineman from Brooklyn, uh, Youssef. Mook Bill, uh, the offensive lineman from Murphy, North Carolina, and Brandon Bowen, the uh, the JUCO from Independence, Kansas, that they offered last week. Other than that, I mean, I think they'll take two of the last three spots will be offensive linemen. I could see them taking one of these guys and then a transfer or a grad transfer. And then yeah. that other spot, I could see it being gra- a, a transfer or a grad transfer as well. You have to realize at the end of the season, there is it's going to be mass chaos as far as the transfer portal is concerned, I mean, there's already a bunch of guys in there and there, I mean, there'll be a thousand guys that you can pick from. So, um, and Louisville only has three spots between now and, uh, and August 31st of next year left over. That's all, that's all they have because of what they've brought in and who, where they've brought guys in and that kind of thing. So they're very limited in, in the numbers that they can do. So it's, it's nice to be picky, it's it's actually a good thing not to have a lot of guys on the hook right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I like the I like the idea of not rushing to fill these last few spots. I mean, you don't know what can happen. You know, guys may decommit from elsewhere. 
that now become even more available and show increased interest. You might uncover somebody as you're watching these videos. Obviously, as you said, you know, the grad transfer market and the, and the transfer portal are, are just two markets that are just going to continue to grow uh, seemingly, seemingly with each passing year. So, you know, that's an area you certainly want to keep your eye on as well. So, um, yeah, like like you, I agree. I think they're in, in fantastic shape. You know, and you, obviously, you know, they lost one recently to, to Ohio State. But so your focus right now needs to continue to be on making sure, you know, your relationship there is, is strong with the guys that you do have committed, which it is. I mean, they're in daily contact. Uh, with the, with these kids checking on how they're doing with school, how you know if they're playing, how practice and how the games are going, um, and just kind of being a part of their everyday uh, life. So I mean, I think they're doing a fantastic job with with uh, the relationship building aspect of it as well. Um, I do know we wanted to transition into some basketball, maybe get some to, to some baseball as well. Uh, before we do so, I just want to to pimp our new Twitter handle for the, for the, for Cardinal authority. Um, you could, you could search Cardinal authority on Twitter or you go to at two, four, seven Louisville and make sure you give us a follow there. And, and it could just give you another Avenue to make sure uh, you don't miss any of the breaking news or, or stories that, that we pump out. And obviously you can go to the top of the Cardinal authority site and, and click on uh, to, 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 to subscribe to the Cardinal authority newsletter or, and, or the, the text alerts as well. Both great services. Uh, that we offer to you as well, you know, free of charge, whether you're a subscriber or not. Yep. No doubt about it. Lots going on uh, a lot yeah. of, a uh, lot of time right now as uh, we talk football, but, uh, but basketball, I guess the start of the season is nine days away. Uh, I know the oversight committee today is talking about the NCAA oversight committee today is talking about our, can basketball guys get an extra year of eligibility uh, and, and move, you know, after, after this next season, or winter sports, I should say, not just basketball, but winter sports. And and I know they're also talking about uh, the schedule. And I think they could. I mean, it's a total. I, I'll just I'll just say what everybody's been tweeting and what people have been talking about. But behind the scenes, it is an absolute shit show. It is an absolute debacle of everything that's going on as far as basketball re, uh, uh, signing uh, 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 scheduling is concerned. It is a it, it is unbelievable all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes and, uh, and people, I, I don't know how they're going to come up with a schedule. I really don't. I, I don't know how they're going to come up with a schedule. Louisville is hoping still to be able to pull off. Um, they're they're going to be able to pull off this thing uh, where it would be a controlled environment in their non-conference kind of quote unquote bubble, so to speak, uh, where they would have teams stay at the gold house. From what I understand, the gold house, is, uh, you know, obviously needs they I mean, downtown, uh, downtown and hotels, they need, uh, um, you know, they need people down in, in their in their hotels. So they're willing to to work with teams and uh, you can walk from the Gold House to the Yum Center so you can be in that quote unquote controlled environment. Um, they would uh, they would obviously keep it washed and cleaned and everything else and uh, uh, the germs out and that kind of thing. You go to the Yum Center. I don't think there will be a lot of uh, of fans uh, in the Yum Center. Um, I, I've heard anywhere from four to six to eight thousand is all they're going to uh, be able to have early on. But that is still something that is not even close to being confirmed. It's not something that's close to being like uh, unannounced because. I think you wait till the last minute. You know what I mean? I think you have to yeah, wait. Just till like the last you did with football. Yeah. With, with the way things are going on. Um, I don't know if this bubble thing is going to work out because um, I know 
they had a ton of schools that wanted to do it. Um, but I think a lot of there was there were several uh, a few of those schools that didn't want to to come downtown and because of everything that's going on. Um, and, and, and I know that's been an issue, uh, but I know they've got some schools, you know, I know Western Kentucky. Um, I've been told by, by some people at Western that, that they're they're planning on it as long as they, they can pull it off. Louisville's hoping that they can get, you know, 10, 12 schools in there uh, and, and, and they would play five games. So Louisville would play five games. Uh, I think the teams would be guaranteed three. Louisville would play, you know, Louisville would play five. Some other teams that I've heard. Um, Bellarmine was obviously going to do it or thought we thought they were going to do it, but they ended up going to Duke. Uh, and, and I can see why, um, if you're in a controlled environment, you have to stay where that, that where you need to stay. So the gold house is where you have to stay. So, I, I mean, I, I, I get coach Davenport's, uh, uh, um, I don't know that they were going to get as much money from Louisville because of the testing and the cost and all that kind of stuff of the, of, of the gold house as they do to go to Duke and play a couple games there at Duke. Um, and, and you're not staying in your home city. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. so it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of a catch 22. Uh, but I get that. I've heard some other schools, uh, Brigham Young. Um, I've heard East Tennessee state. I've heard New Mexico, uh, we had told you before, Bowling Green, uh, California, UNC Greensboro. You know, those teams, I think, are teams that that want to do it. And uh, and hopefully Louisville can find um, enough teams that definitely want to do it uh, to, to pull this off. But but again, it's just so many things going on behind the scenes with scheduling. It's 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 crazy right now. It is. You know, and Bellarmine was actually already slated to visit Duke on their, their original schedule as well. So. You know, that allows them to, to continue to to look forward to something that they had already planned. But but yeah, I mean, it's 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 crazy. You know, it's it's kind of like, you know, going through football, the whole football process that we went through months ago on uh, trying to figure out what the schedule is going to be. How many games are you going to play? How many non-conference games are you going to play? What you know, what do you do with the fans? And like you, I totally agree. You know, to me, obviously, it's it's a very important process of it. Uh, it helps generate revenue and obviously fans want to be there. Uh, you know, but but it's that's one of those things you can hold off until uh, the end. You, you, we don't know what's going to happen with the with the coronavirus for one, and two, you you want to make sure you have a product to show to the fans before you ever can make a decision on on how many you know can attend at the KFCM Center or wherever the games may be. So um, I'm excited that that we do know it's going to happen. Um, you know that that at some point uh, we will see the balls bouncing again for college basketball. I mean that's kind of where. It all ended, you know, it's crazy to think, rewinding the clock, it, it, you know, how it all just came falling apart during the ACC tournament. And now here we are, you know, trying to watch as they throw something together for the 20, uh, 2020, 21 season. Uh, but, but really looking forward to, you know, that, that the games will eventually begin. And as you said, nine days away from, you know, once they, they can start practicing and all that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah. you know, it's going to be here before we know it. Yeah. for the I'm pumped for this team. I'm pumped to see them uh, actually – uh, get uh, you know get going and, uh, and and get the season going. We'll have a schedule at some point. I, matter of fact, I asked somebody. Um, I asked somebody non U of L that is in uh, a, a scheduling is in a basketball office non U of L. And I said, when, but but Division One school. And I said, when do you think you'll have your schedule final? And I'm like, what? Like, yeah. No, I mean, that's what I'm shooting for. So, uh, I, and I've heard that from a number of different people. 
um, the, the, the kind of the same thing. So uh, so don't expect a schedule uh, anytime soon. I would think in the next couple weeks, in the next week or uh, week to 10 days, we'll hear about the uh, the Louisville non-conference bubble kind of thing. Uh, and we'll also probably hear about something about um, the ACC schedule at some point because they're still, you know, what do you do with that? I do know Louisville is planning that what had that the plan had been for Louisville to play three games in December in in the ACC, um, and I think that's kind of up in the air now. Louisville has asked the ACC to uh, look and see what they could do because of the Kentucky game. Uh, and Kentucky not being able to play it on December 12th when it was supposed when it was scheduled for. Um, I don't at this point. I don't think it will be December 26th. That's my gut feeling. It still could be, uh, but I know Louisville has proposed uh, another date uh, to Kentucky for them to play the game, and it's close. Or it's around that time, from what I've been told. Um, I was asked not to, to say what that date was, um, but it's 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 late in December uh, and it's not December 26. But Louisville still would have to get clearance from the ACC because they're supposed to play uh, three games in the ACC before the end of the month of December. And I tell you what, it's uh, it's crazy. And, and and here's the deal about the Kentucky thing. You don't want to play Michael and you and I talked on the phone about this last week, just when we were talking about it. And I mean, you don't want to have to play Kentucky on December 26th and then travel to North Carolina on December 29th or yeah. played North Carolina on December 22nd uh, at home and then have to host Kentucky without a day of practice on December 26th, because you have to have three days off between the games uh, on Christmas time. So you have to take a three day break somewhere, somehow, so one of these one of these things, if you play on that December 26th date, um, you're going to get hosed uh, as far as practice or something like that. And that's not look. I know Kentucky fans have said whining and all that kind of. It's not whining. It's just being. It's just being. It's sticking up for your team and being good for your team was what Chris yeah. was doing, because it's that's that's difficult. I mean, you're talking about coming off of uh, probably a little bit of a break in there anyway, especially if you have the bubble. And you have five games between November 25th and December 5th. That's when you kind of have to do that. But then you would have a little bit of a break in there, um, and, and then have those games back to back. It's just, it's just, it's hard. So it's difficult. Yeah. Would be nice if the December 12th date was still open uh, as originally planned. But you know, it's still fact, open for Louisville. <laughs> yeah. Fact is, somebody filled up that spot when they were supposed to be playing somebody else. But you know, but uh, you know, and. You know, not you know, not to to pull that whole you know Chris Mack video back into it, but you know, I thought it was, it was I thought it was a fantastic thing for him to do. Obviously, he knew it was gonna never throw some mind juice the in fact. It. Yeah, no, never mind the fact. You know, and he obviously knows it's gonna throw some juice into a rivalry that really doesn't need much juice. But you love to see it. You love to hear you know the, the confidence and you know and really the swagger that Chris Mack has uh, in throwing that out there. And and certainly it's gonna you know if if you did have a full arena. Imagine the noise that that would be there uh, for that game because of, you know, the added, you know, fuel, so to speak, that, that he threw on there. But uh, like you, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of the December 26th date was making the schedule. You know, I wouldn't do that as either. I wouldn't do that either. I, you know, it, it's difficult what you what you can do, because as you mentioned, you know, you've got the the game with North Carolina staring you in the face. So, you know, how do you well, how I do you just use North I use North Carolina as an example, but that's what I had heard. They were yeah. one of those. So. I just use that as an example, but still any ACC road game, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, 
it's right there in your face right afterwards yeah exactly exactly so yeah it'd be nice to to have a little bit more of a a breather have a little bit more of a recoup uh when you're going to have such a a big conference opponent no matter who it is i mean an acc game no matter who it is is a big big outing especially you know once you're getting into the really the the meat of your schedule at that point so we'll be interested to see you know what what becomes of it but uh Excited that it's going to play. I mean, you know, yep. it's, going to be, it's going to be fun. All right, last thing, real quick. I know we 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 uh, we're uh, need to get off of here, but just to throw out there, hope you caught our Dan McDonald. I had a nice Q and A with stuff. Coach Mack. Um, a lot of good stuff in there. I'm excited to see what they can do. I mean, he talked to me about Luke Brown. Like I said, talked to me about Luke Brown being a, a you know a top ten to fifteen pick in the draft at this point in in what he is. Uh, seen from him this fall that's that's pretty insane a guy that this time last year we didn't know anything about and if you're if you're talking about uh uh you know being a a first round pick and 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 even higher in there so uh pumped for uh for baseball and don't be shocked if they let some fans in at some point this fall for the pizza bowl uh michael and i will be the first in line to get to get in so you'll you'll have to get in behind us but uh but I, I'm told they're trying, so we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see if if they can pull it off. So, but for Michael McCam and I'm Jody Dilling. This has been a, a, our weekly edition of the Cardscast. We'll be back on Friday with a game day edition of the Cardscast here on uh, CardinalAuthority.com.